Amen. Thank you very much for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 17. We're going to begin reading in verse 22. And we'll read through verse 28. We'll read these verses responsively. Acts chapter 17 and verse 22. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Acts 17 and verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And it's made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. If you look back at verse 23, uh, text in the title, the unknown God. The unknown God. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message. I yield to the Holy Spirit and pray that he would lead and guide me as to what to say and how to say it. This would have an impact on our life. Help us to know the difference between fear and faith and to know thee and to walk with thee, to talk with thee, to have an intimate relationship and realizing the danger and the damage that fear brings. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The unknown God. I'd ask that you listen very, very carefully. I usually don't preach messages that pertain to certain times of year, but this something I think I'm supposed to say. We're in the Halloween season the harvest season. People love ghosts. They love zombies. They love masks. They love to put on costumes. For some reason, they're very infatuated with this time of year. Uh, I've read studies that it's getting more popular than Christmas time, the trick-or-treat time. We know that the adversary, our devil, seeketh whom he may devour. In this devouring, this is not an external attack like a, a burglar or a criminal are going to war, but this is an internal attack which is invisible and spiritual. So the battle is with the spirits within. The heart, the mind, the emotions which are in different organs of our bodies. The Bible tells us that God trieth the reins the reins being our kidneys. Within your kidneys is free will, 
the desires of your life, the ambition, these types of things that uh, are part of your personality and your very own soul. God will try what is in your reins. Sad to say for us as Americans, we have been born into what is called inherited idolatry. Our culture, things we were taught, we were born into, our parents learned it from their parents, learned it from their parents, went all the way back. They taught us, most of our parents were, they didn't study to see the origin of these things. So we inherited it. It became a part of our culture. It's really, uh, really influences a lot of our culture. But what I'm talking about this morning is that evil tyrant of fear. The spirit of fear, the consequences of fear, which are innumerable. And I did a lot of contemplation about my life and my upbringing. And I can see that uh, fear really affected me when I grew up. Uh, fear had a big, big influence on my life in a very, very bad way. Um, a lot of the things I've done in my life, I've done it because I was afraid. And so I want you to listen to now. He, was, I don't know if he was ever afraid. He just beat people up. No, I don't. he was tougher than me. Uh, but uh, I would try to find a way out of it. He was trying to get into it. But um, I learned a lot about myself. God has revealed a lot to me about me. But. I want you to think about the human condition, as it's called. Almost everything we do is because of fear. And people don't realize this. Revelation 21.8, why does it say the first type of person who will die and go to hell and burn forever is the fearful? It's not by accident. It's the fearful that will be cast into the lake of fire. And if you think about human condition, if a person is afraid they're going to fail something, they're afraid they're going to lose, they either won't start it, they'll quit after they start it, they'll cheat to try to win to succeed, or they'll quit trying altogether. So what really is the bottom motivation? Fear. If a person is ashamed of something, afraid to be ashamed, they'll lie about it. They'll do anything they can to overcome fear. If someone is afraid of being bullied, they're either going to bully back, lift weights and pump iron to try to inflict damage on somebody, or avoid the situation altogether, run and tuck tail like a coward, or they're going to do something else to compensate because of fear. If you're afraid of losing your job, it's going to make you do something. If you're afraid of the weather, it's going to make you do something. If you're afraid of relationships, commitment, it's going to make you do something. So you will either Put that fear in God and do what the Bible says. Fear the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge. And it's by the fear of the Lord that men depart from evil. 
or you will allow the fear that comes out of your the reins of your kidneys to rear up and it's going to influence everything you do in your life whether you realize it or not it is the fearful that really offend God even in Christendom and this is what I'm really talking about this morning it really bothers me and it really bothers God that they say Christ is not enough in the denominational heresy calling itself Christian which it's not they add to Christ or they take from Christ basically they're saying Jesus isn't good enough they're saying that Jesus is insufficient to pay for their sin. He didn't die for all their past sin. He didn't die for their present sin. He didn't die for all their future sin. So there's something they have to add to the work of Christ or take from the work of Christ to somehow help God out in a works salvation. But the reality is, He's all in all. Uh, I love it. Christ is the answer. He has the preeminence. He is before all things. He is after all things. He is all in all. And you either have faith by putting your fear in God and trusting only in Christ, or you will be tormented by fear because you saw that Jesus somehow wasn't good enough for you. He's not good enough to save your soul. He wasn't good enough to die for all of your sin. So there's some element of fear that you can't trust Him to do what He gave you His Word that He would do, and it's impossible for God to lie. So religion basically is based on fear. It is, and I'll show you this. All false religion is based upon fear. They're afraid to die. They're afraid of evil men. They're afraid of diseases. They're afraid of losing money or not making enough money. They're afraid of hell. They're afraid of other religions. They're afraid of monsters. They're afraid of the government. They're afraid of other gods. And it all boils down to, it's not this is the way I see it or the way you see it. Their heart is struck with fear. They're cowards. They're religious. Why? God's not good enough. The promises of God are not good enough that they can trust in Christ. He is their Lord and Savior. Now, you have two extremes the way people deal with this. Number one, they'll say, no fear at all. You know, there's a new saying, no fear. You'll see it on bumper stickers. It's with the X Games this uh, new generation of skateboarders and surfers and they take risks they're into cheap thrills they'll say i'm not afraid of anything oh yeah they're afraid they're scared to death they just don't know it they're trying to hide their fear by saying there's no fear then you have the other group they're afraid of everything literally of everything and the media and social media has multiplied this exponentially in our world that we live in today, the last of the last days, there is fear in the air. It's an electric buzz. It's a terrible vibration of distortion. There are cowards among us. 
And Jesus said, right at the second coming, men's hearts would fail them for what? Fear. Fear. The toughest tough guy is scared of his wife. I've seen it. Talk tough all you want to. She can make you do things you would have never done. And your little baby this big runs your life, most people. You know I'm telling the truth. They wear the wife beater t-shirt and do all that stuff. They're, they're afraid. They're afraid of what the gang will do if they don't do what the gang tells them or some bully bullies them so they bully a woman or a little kid because they're afraid. The world runs off of fear. Runs off of it. Now, Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, He's the answer. He's all in all. And if you don't fear Him, you will be tormented by fear. Now, I, I revisited this because it's the Halloween season, and this is very, very important. I want you to think about it. When you think of a superstition, superstition is the word in the Bible for religion. And superstition is based upon the spirit of fear. So people who are superstitious are very, very fearful people. They have to do certain things. And so when you looked up the definition, a lot of people think because they don't believe in ghosts, because they've never met a ghost or seen a ghost or dealt with anybody that's devil-possessed, or looked into the afterworld, as some of us have in spiritual warfare, they'll say things like, oh, those ghost stories are superstitious. So they're writing off the spirit world by saying those people are afraid in a religious way, that's what a superstition is. So it's an unfounded belief, and they equate it to magic, sorcery, witchcraft, fallacy, delusion, illusion, these types of things. But this is the way they look at it. So it's widely held by a lot of people, but it's unjustified because it has a supernatural causation leading to certain consequences that cannot be proven by science. That's what a superstition is. You know, if, if I knock on wood, well, what's the proof that if you knock on wood, something bad will not happen or something good? There's no, it's a causation. There's nothing to prove that. But people get involved in that because they're afraid, because they're superstitious, because they're religious, because they don't have all their fear in the one true God. So they have an unknown God because they live in fear out in this world and they're superstitious. The people who believe in superstitions just say you're not spiritual because you don't believe it. The people who know the truth look at superstitious people and say you're a religious coward. So if you look at this belief or practice resulting really the fear it's from the fear of the unknown they trust in chance magic or something to cause something else to happen but it's false religion now when Paul's preaching on Mars Hill here I love this I used to see this wrong when I was a young kid preacher that they had all these gods they were worshiping, they were making sacrifices. 
And the truth is right there. I don't know why I never saw it. It's very evident. But they decided in case we missed out on the God, let's make an altar to the unknown God. We don't want to offend any gods. There's this one God. We don't know much about him. So let's rear up an altar to him. And we don't want to offend anybody. So Paul comes along. He says, let me tell you who the unknown God is. He's the true and the living God. He's the one God who had His one Son become a man through the miracle of the Incarnation. His Son died on the cross for the sin of the world, was buried three days and rose again. And He prefaces this by saying, in all things, you are too superstitious. You are living as a coward. You're afraid. And you're trying to use magic to go through these causations thinking it will make something happen when there's no proof it ever has made anything happen and it never will make anything happen. But because God tried your reins and you're fearful in your kidneys and in your heart, you're controlled by fear. You're controlled by what frightens you. So really, what is religion? It's a fearful attempt to please God by causing a causation of effects, the domino theory, but it never has happened and never will happen. But they're dominated by fear because they don't know the truth, because they don't live by faith. So they're tortured. And 1 John, I think at 4.8 says, fear hath torment. It's really hell on earth. When, you're, when you live in fear, when you're afraid of the dark and the booger man in the bushes, like I was taught when I was young, there's a booger man in the bushes. And if you do wrong, he'll get you. I was taught that. And there was a monster under the bed. And my dad never taught me that. It was some other people. It was, uh, it was some bad Jameses and Hopkinses. Uh, but... I'm not saying it was his fault. That was very popular back then. Um, I don't know what they're afraid of today. Chubacabra, La Chusa, uh, La Brujo and La Bruja, the evil eye, all that stuff. The owl, watch out. The owl will get you. Um, so when people are looking for an edge, they're on cut. This is cut. Uh, in sports, gambling, life, success, religion, they'll always look to a superstition. And just like the Bible says, though, there are no holy days. Every Sunday is the Lord's Day because Jesus rose from the dead on the Lord's Day. And some people get upset with me. I don't make a big deal out of Easter. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't like bold eggs. I don't like vinegar. Uh, Jesus rose from the dead every Sunday's Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Now, you know, you got to dress up, take pictures. I mean, it's it's okay, but it's not it's not a big deal. Um, did you know that in the old days they would use the egg to determine the future by divination? And the witch would take the egg, make the cross over a sick person, crack it the way that it broke and 
went into the glass, you're going to die, you're going to live. They would spit, and the way the spittle hit the board, they'd say, you're going to do this or that. Incantations, divination. Uh, you know, are you going to go to the doctor and you've got a life-threatening disease? And say, all right, crack the egg. Crack the egg. I'll base my future on how an egg cracks. But that's what they do. You know, Michael Jordan, they say, I don't know if it's true or not, he would not play unless he wore his North Carolina blue shorts under his red Chicago bull short, and he didn't think he could win without the good luck of the North Carolina blue. At least that's what I heard. What, did anybody find out the uh, bar of soap? Why people tie bar of soap to their front door in a string? Maybe we can discuss that later on. It's a new superstition, maybe an old one. Been seeing that a lot. But uh, a lot of people, they will plant cactus coming up to their front door because they think evil spirits can't, they'll get stuck by the cactus and they won't go into their house. Well, that's ridiculous because cactus can blow around, go right through your window. Or they'll put a horseshoe over the door thinking that's going to bring good luck. But see, we were born into this. And, and in some ways, it's not our fault. But it is our fault because we didn't study it to know what is the origin. Because he that is spiritual judgeth all things. You know, I praise the Lord. I've never knocked on wood. I've never knocked on wood. I wouldn't knock on wood. I knew it was wrong from the first time I saw somebody else knock on wood. You know where it came from? The, the gods of the pagans in Ireland and old Great Britain, they worshipped trees that reached into heaven, and if they wanted to summon the gods of the paganism, they'd knock on the wood. Just applied for the job. I hope I get it. Knock on wood. You think because you knocked on wood, you're going to get a job? Or because you knocked on wood, you're not going to get fired? That is total superstitious idolatry. I walk under every ladder I can find. <laughs> on purpose. You, you know where that came from? It came from the Egyptian tombs of the ladder that you climbed down into the netherworld and the triangle represented those three wicked Egyptian gods of death and one of them was that black fox looking cat thing Iris or Osiris or one I can't remember but that's what it represented so they thought if you walked under a ladder you're cursing yourself and you're not going to make it into the netherworld into the good side of the netherworld you'd go to the evil tormented side of the underworld but we were taught that you know what a black cat is they thought that a witch could morph and shift shape into a black cat you know i've got three black cats i like them that doesn't mean a thing to me oh that's a black cat better shoot it it's cursed no it's just called a black cat it's a black cat, and that's a brown cat, and that's a spotted cat. It's a cat. It's not a curse. Now, if you believe it, you bring the curse on yourself because fear opens the door to faith, 
and it offends God. And when you don't have the hedge of protection, the whole armor of God, and you live in fear, you, you allow that to become a reality. And our adversary, the devil, will use that to strike your heart with fear. If you believe it. Throw, you know why they throw... If you spill salt, they throw it over the... You know why? That came from the Roman Empire that Rome was, was over the salt mines and it was as valuable as gold and wars were fought over salt and they'd have to take the right hand and had to throw it over the left shoulder. And, that, and that's where it came from. You got up on the wrong side of the bed because according to Roman witchcraft, when you got out of the bed, you had to take the right foot on the ground first and start walking. But, oh, I forgot, and the bathroom's that way, so I rolled over to the left and stepped with my left. Oh, my day's going to be cursed. Hey, I'm just glad I got out of bed. I'm just rolling out of that thing. Uh, who cares? But if you believe it, you offended God, you opened the door. The fear of the wicked shall come upon them. Very important. I don't know if anybody does it. If you hang a crystal over your cell phone, you'll only get good calls. <laughs> None of those spam risks, no telemarketers, no bad news. None of those where you're long-term coverage of your vehicles expired this is a courtesy call that we want to get all your money and you could have bought a new vehicle with the price of this coverage but we're hoping you're too dumb to know it you know why they kiss the dice roll some sixes i'm, I'm never i'm not a gamble. that's not my weakness it might be your i've never done that would you get a pretty girl to blow on the dice? Sixes. You know the Bible says the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. God makes the dice show up on whatever number's on the top. Doesn't matter if you kissed it or blew on it. There's no such thing as luck. Catholics making the sign of the cross. You know the cross isn't even Christian? That it goes back to Rome with the Ankh and all the heathen. It goes back to Native America way back, way before the cross. So they, they think if they can go, let's see. Then. What what Brother House say? My head hurts. My stomach hurts. Where's my cigarettes? My head hurts. Stomach hurts. Where's my cigarettes? No, it's superstition. If I don't do this little symbol at this time, something bad may happen to me. Feng Shui, you, Feng Shui has some truth to it. You know, if you put a couch blocking your front door, that's probably a bad flow of uh, design, but it's a bunch of witchcraft. You know, and I know you can rearrange your furniture. You can make a new spirit in your house by rearranging the furniture, but a lot of it is hocus pocus. No, you can't. But it, they take it too far. Right. Too, too far. You know, you got to put red and pink roses in the bedroom. And you need a, a water tank over here with some fish. Really? Um, 
So just think about it. You know why we blow out our birthday candles? It's sad. Inherited idolatry. You know why you have to blow it out in one breath? <laughs> uh, it's really sad. Because the moon god, Artemis, when they placed these candles in the temple on the birth of, of a new baby, they believed that you had to blow it all out to get the blessing of Artemis, the moon god. So my whole life, I've been worshiping Artemis. And most of the time, they're getting spittle on the cake. <laughs> Thank you. I love to eat a little spit with my icing. Because they don't know how to blow. They, and it's over. They don't, know how to, they don't have any concussion with their lungs. That's what we're born into. It's kind of sad, actually. Um, so, you know, people wear chains, talisman, tokens, amulets. Goes all the way back. The Midas touch, all these types of things. Earrings. Uh, very important. You know, that came from sailors because there were so many storms on the sea. Earrings came from um, tattoos of crosses. Why? Because they would washed up on shore. They'd get a Christian burial. That's where all this stuff came from. Um, it didn't come from God. It's not biblical. And like, if you break a mirror, just be hope you don't get cut. But you know, you ought to break one every once in a while, just to show you're not superstitious. Amen. No, I don't do that. But maybe it'll be safety glass and not shatter. But um, there's a reason for that because it was to warn the servants that these mirrors cost a lot of money. And if you break that mirror, you cost me money, so I'm going to put fear on you not to break the glass. It didn't have anything to do with a curse if a mirror breaks. It was about somebody wanting more money. You know where Friday the 13th came from? From uh, when, was it King Philip or whoever of France killed all of the Knights Templars? And it goes back to Mary Magdalene worship and the skull worship and all these things. Um, a lot of these things, do you really believe garlic's going to ward off a vampire? Well, maybe if you're your breath. You know, let him get close enough and just breathe on him. Um, but do you really think that's going to work? You know, chocolate was an Aztec way of controlling people's life and only the upper echelon of society was worthy. Did you know that the wedding ring is not scriptural and it tethers the bride to the house of the betrothed? betrothed? You know why you wear the veil at the wedding? Because you want to be mysterious so when he lifts it, he'll kiss you? Well, I wish that was it. No, it's because they didn't want the evil spirits to recognize the bride to put a, put a curse on the wedding. So they wear a veil, like that's going to, like spirits can't see through a veil. <laughs> that they didn't see you before you put your wedding dress on and the veil to know who you are. But since you have this and put it on, now the curse is removed. You know why you throw rice at weddings? Because they told us to. 
here's the little bag, get out there and there's a line, throw it as they go off to their honeymoon. No, it was superstition that they'd have a lot of children and fruitful in there. And now they say rice kills birds, so what do you throw? What is it? Oh, bubbles. <laughs> there's, some, there's something else you can throw. Oh, you throw bird seed. That's right, throw bird seed because you wouldn't want to kill the bird. Uh, so, you know why people cross my heart and hope to die? Boy, you better not say that, you foolish person. They would cross their fingers, trapping the curse. And then, and then they'll cross. Like, like you're trapping it in your fingers as you pinch them together. When X marks the spot of the Antichrist, you're making an X, a wicked X. Uh, I could just go on and on. Uh, you know why people pick their lottery numbers? Let's see. If I pick my daughter's birthday, that'll bring good luck. If I pick my anniversary, and I tell my wife I picked her anniversary, that will increase my odds to defy all probabilities, which it's more probable I get struck by lightning. But if I pick this, it, it's ridiculous. A horseshoe will bring you good luck, which is the cloven hoof, if you look, and then, and then a uh, four-leaf cloak, and then the rabbit's foot, if you carry it in your pocket, which means to be prolific in... Uh, it's ridiculous. You know, we're, watch out at the next um, New Year's celebration when they, they shoot the confetti guns. That was come from uh, Italy with from confectionaries. Look that one up. Now, said all that to say this. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's all you need. He's your all in all. He died for all your past, present, future sin. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. There are no symbols. There's no causation effects. There's no holy days. There's no new moons. There's no sacrifices. There's nothing you can do to get in good with God. The just shall live by faith. And any religion that adds to or takes from will end you up on the first list that burns in hell. The fearful and the unbelieving will be cast into the lake of fire. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ, He's everything. He's my all in all. I don't need anything but Him. I don't need anyone but Him. He satisfies. He can do what no man can do. He can do what money cannot do. He can do what the weather can't do. He, he's my all in all. And all I have to do is seek Him. And he says, if you seek me, you'll find me. And he says, you want to be closer to me? Draw nigh to me. I'll draw nigh to you. There's no hocus pocus, open sesame. You know, do you want to open the cave and the, the purple fat genie comes out of the, the lamp, rub it three times, open sesame. Yeah. Causation doesn't work. 
That's why Elvis said, don't you dare step on my blue suede shoes, buddy. These are my lucky shoes. I hope it doesn't rain when I wear my blue suede shoes. There's something to that. Think it over. So, many Baptists start falling for this in a lot of different ways. And I'm not denying standards, dress code, anything like that. But I've, I've heard people say, you know, if I wear this color, good things happen. Really? Wear the opposite on purpose and see what happens. You know, some people say, well, I've got to put on my left sock first, then my right sock, before I put on my pants. No, wait a minute. I put on my left leg first, then my right, then I got to put on my left sock, then my right, then I put on my left shoe, then my right shoe. No, wait a minute. I put on one leg of my pants, put on my right sock, then I put on my, no, wait a minute. Then I put on my left shoe, then I put my right leg on, then, oh, then I'll tie that one. Wait a minute. I forgot to tie that one. You know, when I tie a single Windsor, I feel a little more freedom than a double Windsor. I've noticed when my pants are cuffed, good things happen. And when I have the flat front, bad things happen. And when I mix blue with brown, that doesn't work out right. But for me, nothing ever works out right. So they get superstitious. Now. I'm through. Christ is all. He's all you need. But I live by principle. I live by schedule. I will not read a book till I read the Bible. I won't turn on the television before I read the Bible. Am I superstitious? No. It's a principle. Amen. Nothing fear about it. There's certain things I do. I made my mind up before I do that. But you have to have schedule, you have to have principle, but you can't have fear. The fear of the wicked shall come upon them. Praise the Lord. Perfect love casteth out fear, and the Lord hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now here we are at the end of November. Superstitions are everywhere. Ghosts, spider webs, witches, what uh, black cats, what you got brewing, I have a new snake egg, little lizard blood, chicken head. Yeah. If you believe it, it becomes a reality. If you don't believe it, God will bless you. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I want you to think about what was said as it applies to your life.